0: welcome in everybody welcome back to the fantasy phenoms podcast it's good to be back uh, justin herforth alongside andrew cook andrew how we doing today i'm
1: doing great i'm at my own home we're separated quarantining we're separate I'm, but together uh, i'm relaxing i got a drink i'm sipping on a little kiwi strawberry right now oh okay okay i Keeping see my throat nice and lubricated up <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah. stay ready to talk about All these right, fantasy uh, players that's what i like to hear
0: so we are back first show since i think december uh, end of the season uh andrew uh talk about the end of your fantasy season last year
1: yeah, so end of my fantasy season, um, you know, my matchup wasn't going great. I ended up making it to the championship, which obviously is really nice. Um, this is in our main money league. The winner gets what did we end up getting? Five hundred, right?
0: Something yeah, like I that. believe it was five hundred dollars for first place.
1: Yeah, so I ended up playing in that, and I was I was losing. I thought I was done. But you uh, call me, you
0: call me in an absolute panic as the yeah, fourth quarter started.
1: Yeah, I was panicking. It was pretty rough, but somehow, miraculously, based on a miracle, I'm pretty sure Stefan Diggs needed, like, one catch or something. He did, yeah. And he didn't end up getting this catch in, like, two quarters or something like that. And luckily, I ended up pulling out the win, and I was the champion of our league. Everyone can applaud now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And Uh, that was probably one of the
0: most improbable things I've ever seen. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure it got to, I think, the beginning of the third quarter. And he literally just needed that one catch. He had a pretty solid first half. I think he did, like two or three catches for, I think, 40-ish yards or something like that. <laughs> and he just had nothing in the second half. I think he got targeted twice. Yep. Like, it wasn't too much going his way, which I is very I surprising. I thought I thought you were done, too. Like As soon as I saw the score, I'm like, yep, it's over. Uh, our buddy Ray, he's going to win once again. And we're going to have to hear about it for the next God knows how long. Like months at this point, so uh, it was it was pretty cool to see that happen for you. Uh, we're not going to talk about how my season ended. Not very not very good, uh, very unlucky season in our main league, uh, and as well as my family league. So uh, we're going to move forward. Uh, it's new beginnings. It's 2020, uh, the year we thought was going to be a great year. Obviously, COVID has happened, and it's not so great anymore. So we're just going to look forward. Uh, back quarter of the year, we're going to hopefully have some football. Uh, full season and it's gonna make things great. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, now, how COVID affects it, Andrew? How do you think COVID's really gonna affect football season this year?
1: Honestly, football season-wise, I could see scenarios where games might get postponed. Um, I, I don't know if they'd be willing to do any like middle of the week games. That'll be interesting. If somehow, say, a Monday night game is postponed, would they move it to like a Wednesday? I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. Uh, They might already have like, honestly, it might be against restrictions for like the TV and like the companies and stuff like that. So I'm not even sure how that would work. But in terms of fantasy, uh, I think the waiver wire is going to be huge this year. I don't know what you think about that, but I think you're going to have to pay really close attention to like last minute COVID precautions or when people opt out or anything like that. And the waiver wire is going to be really hot.
0: Yeah. And I I think you, you basically hit the nail right on the head there i think this is the year for ultimate strategy for fantasy football this is where the good are going to separate separate themselves from the great um and stuff like that so you got to really pay close attention this year you're really going to tell who really does know what's going on in the league they they, you know who's going to pay attention does their research uh, because you're listening to this podcast so you're going to get a great amount of knowledge and a lot of uh, high quality breakdowns here for some like Good waiver wire pickups, Uh, say somebody goes down, you need a good handcuff, um, we'll be here for you the entire way. So with that being said, we could jump into uh, basically the topic of this podcast. So we're going to be talking about the top 10 running backs heading into the 2020 season. We know drafts are right around the corner, probably a couple weeks away for the most part. Um, Running back, it's the most important position in fantasy football. So we're going to help basically set up your first round pick because most of the time you're going to be taking your running back in round one uh, unless you're getting like a Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas in round one. So if you're sure. in a 12-team league, 10 of the 12, we're going to be running backs. So we're here to basically help you get your first round pick.
1: And honestly, uh, are those the only two wide receivers that you're taking in round one?
0: Most likely. Uh, I know like some of the fringe guys are like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe Julio Jones. If you're if you're at like pick 1112 and that's who you really value on your roster, if you really want to go wide receiver round one, go right ahead. Like I think it's OK. Like those guys are especially
1: in PPR. There's a little bit more justification if you're playing full point PPR.
0: Exactly. Um, so, I mean, if you are like that tail end of the first round you could play the game like oh i'll take a running back here and hopefully one of these guys gets back to me but if you want to get that right like wide receiver like andrew said if it's ppr that value is extremely extremely high so get that get that value out of it yep agreed
1: but uh yeah let's get into these rankings here who do we have as our consensus number one justin is it a big surprise to anyone uh
0: it should not be a big surprise (laughs) uh it's the man who Carried your roster all yeah. season long. It's none other than Christian McCaffrey runs CMC himself of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this man, uh, to say he had a great season is probably an understatement. So 11 of his 16 games, he finished over 25 fantasy points. And what's even more crazy is only two of his games, he finished with less than 20 points. That is <laughs> outrageous. So
1: Absolutely outrageous. And this is, what scoring is this? Is this half
0: point? So this was in half-point PPR. This was, okay. this was our scoring last year. Yeah. Uh, he finished last year, I believe, with 471 points, if I'm remembering that number correctly. He had a historic season. I, I'm pretty sure we haven't seen a season like this since like Priest, Holmes, LaDainian, Tomlinson age. It's just one for the record books. So the biggest question is, can
1: he repeat? What do you think about that, Andrew? What do you think his odds are? I don't think he's going to repeat for sure, but I do think he is the safest player that you can draft. Uh, if you listen to any other analysts, honestly, th- there's not much to talk about when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. For me, he's the auto one. You lock in Christian McCaffrey. He has the most reception. He literally beats wide receivers in receptions and reception yardage. So, And this is a running back that's going to get a good amount of carries. His main competition is just nothing like don't worry about anything there so just play christian mccaffrey and enjoy all your fantasy points draft him 101 if he somehow makes it to second or third congrats because you just got a steal
0: yeah if he makes it to second or third you just got highway robbery and you should just be jumping for joy the entire season at this point yeah like andrew said mccaffrey he gets a bunch of targets he had 141 targets through the air with 116 receptions. He had 1,000 yards receiving as well. So this man had over 20 almost 2,400 scrimmage yards last year. So you're really not going to beat that production anywhere. And if you're in a PPR league, you're you're basically going to win your week with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you know, if you lose if you do not at least have a 500 record with just Christian McCaffrey you're doing something wrong with your roster you need to reevaluate immediately because this man will carry you week in and week out so he's an auto lock no brainer number 1 pick
1: yeah and uh, even with Teddy Bridgewater coming in there i mean it if anything <laughs> what is that even a boost like it, it's not much of a difference from like when you go to a guy like Cam or Kyle Allen i mean Teddy Bridgewater is a decent quarterback but i it's McCaffrey's just involved 24 7 so i wouldn't worry about the quarterback change yeah ex- i
0: think teddy bridgewater he's a guy he he's he plays his reads well he doesn't force anything if he doesn't see anything down the field he's not going to force a pass he's going to check it down to mccaffrey um and the amount of routes they're going to have him run out of the backfield matt, uh, coach matt roley's coming from that college scheme he knows um he's a very good offensive coach he knows how to really scheme up uh different like plays that really get his best players involved, get them in space, have them do the best of what they have their of ability. I can't talk, but they can do the best of what they can with their abilities. And yeah, I think he does really well putting them in the best position to succeed. So I have no doubt that he's going to do the same with Christian McCaffrey this year.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move in our RB two here. This is our consensus running back to, we agreed on McCaffrey, but it pretty much stops there. Um, because we already disagree on our next pick here. Um, Our consensus RB2 is a tie between Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. I have Zeke as my RB2. Justin has Barkley as his RB2. Um, Mm -hmm. It's important to mention, I'm going to let Justin talk about this for a bit, because in our League of Record, Justin has the number two pick. So he Mm -hmm. gets to choose between these two running backs. And who are you going to be taking at that number two pick?
0: So I'm going to be taking Saquon Barkley. And let me tell you why here real quick. Uh, So Saquon, obviously, last year, not his best year. Uh, I mean, obviously not his best year because it's his second year. Um, (laughs) But he had an injury-plagued year, I'd say. Uh, Although he only missed three games, he wasn't really the same until the second half of the year. So he went down in week three with with that high ankle sprain against Tampa Bay. He didn't really regain form at all, like fantasy-wise, until week seven, which you really saw him in his stride that back half of the year. And with all this being said, he are, he still finishes RB ten, and he absolutely dominated the last three weeks of the season, which is why I'm so confident in his ability moving forward. Uh, I I take a lot of like notice of players finishing strong in the season, like how they finish the season, really helps me like kind of pivot and. Really, kind of like make my 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 notes to really pinpoint like who I'm going to target for that next season. Uh, from weeks 15 through 17, he averaged 31.6 fantasy points. Uh, that includes a 43.9 point fantasy performance, fantasy domination of the Washington football team in week 16. And
1: oh, you got he, the name
0: switch already? I then. did. I did. Yeah, I made a note <laughs> of it just so I didn't just so I didn't screw it up there. So uh, I'm proud of myself. So he's my clear number two pick. So the reason I'm separating him from Ezekiel because they do a lot of the same things really well. They both uh, they're both really efficient in between the tackles. They can break it outside, uh, break the long runs. They're both very effective in the passing game, uh, and they're both utilized heavily. So the biggest difference between these two guys for me is game script. So you're gonna if the Giants are behind and they're likely going to be behind quite a bit, they're gonna look. For those checkdowns, at some point, they're going to get Saquon involved. He's not going to come off the field. The difference between him and Ezekiel Elliott is you're going to see the Cowboys up quite a bit in some of these games this year. Uh, In the fourth quarter, they're going to look to rest Ezekiel Elliott because he is one of their big investments. He's making a ton of money. Yeah, they have Tony Power. They have a competent backup behind him. So if they're up big in the fourth quarter, you're not going to get those touches for Zeke. They're going to throw Tony uh, Tony Pollard in there, and he's going to get his work, and Zeke's going to be sitting on the bench. Like, you're still going to get those good floor games from Zeke, but I don't think the ceiling is quite as high as Saquon. And if I'm at that number two pick between those two, I'm looking for that ceiling.
1: I completely agree with you on the ceiling. Um, You can't go wrong with either of these guys. Obviously, choose which is your favorite. Um, Personally... Like I said, I choose Zeke. Now, this is because if I'm getting that number two pick, the ceiling is higher for Saquon because there's going to be games, honestly, probably the majority of games, where Saquon just has to do everything for the Giants. Um, But the problem with that is there's going to be some games where the Giants just get shut down. And I think Saquon might just have a bad game. Like, you've seen that happen before, uh, where teams, if a team can shut Saquon down, the Giants are just terrible. They're terrible, and that is the only thing I worry about. Is I think he has a lower, uh, he has a higher ceiling, but I think he's he can bust e- more easily. Granted, I don't think he's going to bust often. So, maybe wh- what's a your, games.
0: what would your definition of a bust be for him? Just to clarify, uh, for that.
1: him, I'd probably say like seven points, maybe like seven eight points.
0: In in like okay, in, in what format would you, uh, do you think? I
1: I would say probably half point PPR. I'm going by that PPR. I. Don't really think he would get that low of points, most likely. Um, But still, I'm just basing this on the fact that Zeke is... I don't really see very many games where Zeke's only going to have like seven or eight points. Like, I just... That seems like a really weird possibility for that to happen because the Cowboys are such a good offense that they're going to be scoring and driving the ball downfield. Zeke's going to easily get some touchdowns. Uh, I, I just see Zeke as the safer option. But as you noted... When they get in a big lead, they might take Zeke out, and then there's your ceiling. It's capped right there. So you want the higher ceiling play, go Saquon. If you want, in my opinion, the safer play, I would go Zeke. And plus Barkley has dealt with some injury concerns. But um, yeah, personally, I'd go Zeke. You'd go Saquon. You guys have heard their arguments for both.
0: Yeah. And I think offensive line is another big thing for both of these uh, teams. We saw the Giants invest a lot of like draft capital as well as uh, basically I think they had three offensive linemen drafted this season. So uh, Andrew Thomas, the the left tackle being one of them. So uh, you're going to see how he really pans out for this Giants team. If he is a competent left tackle, you're going to see a massive improvement in the offensive line. Therefore, creating more running lanes for Saquon. And another thing you do have to keep in mind Travis Frederick for the Cowboys, their longtime all pro center. He retired in the offseason. So you need to see how they're going to look to replace him and like how the offensive line will look. I have a feeling like it's going to be fine. They're going to find a way to kind of like plug that hole and really get the best out of like their players still. But you do just you still need to keep that in the back of your mind there when picking yep. these guys.
1: That's, I agree. And, uh, Moving into the fourth running back then. Our consensus, we agree on this. Um, mm-hmm. We have Alvin Kamara here. This is, for me, this is more leaning towards PPR. Our sta- Our I don't know if we did say this, but our rankings are based off of PPR scoring, full point. Mm-hmm. And Alvin Kamara is much more of a PPR guy. If you're playing standard, Kamara is much, much lower in my rankings. Much, much lower. But at least in full point PPR, we have Kamara at four here. And that's honestly just because he's going to get a bunch of receptions. He's going to be involved in the passing game. Uh, now, granted, Latavius Murray's going to get some work, but Kamara is really safe. He's a focal point of their, their offense, along with Michael Thomas. And I, again, he's a safe bet for getting a workload. Uh, there is just the question of what exactly is his upside, because you know he's not going to be getting like 20 carries a game.
0: Yeah, he, had, he did not have a single game last year where he had 20 carries. His highest carry total was week four last year against Dallas where he had 17 carries and he had three receptions that game as well. So touch-wise, he's probably going to be, like, his sweet spot for touches will probably be around that 15 to 20 mark uh, on average. So you're still going to get a fair amount of like touches uh, per game from Alvin Kamara, but obviously he does more damage through the air, which very much favors the PPR side of things. I, I would probably, if, If it's a standard ranking, I would probably rank him maybe 7 or 8 at this point. So he's still a very good player, but if you're in that PPR format of any sorts, uh, I think he is a clear-cut number 4
1: overall pick. Yep, I completely agree. And uh, let's move to 5. Who do we have at 5, Justin?
0: So our consensus number 5 is Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. So Dalvin Cook last year, uh, for the most part, he was, I think for the first— Four or five weeks, he was going neck and neck with uh, with Christian McCaffrey. There, we were kind of like oh, we yeah. ca- kind of like jockeying back and forth for uh, the number one position. But obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey kind of pulled away at the end there. But he had a heck of a year. Is, that's an understatement. He, uh, he, I think he was the number. He was in number six uh, at the end of the year. He kind of tapered off towards the end there. Um, didn't play the last three game, last two games of the year. Didn't really play much in Week 15 either. So I would say if he did play the full 16 games, he would have probably been running back two or running back three uh, when when it's all said and done there. So you're getting a high-quality guy. He had over 20 carries a ton of the year. I think there were only four four or five games where he had under 20 carries. So – That's really something to consider there. You're going to get that high workload from Dalvin Cook. Uh, But it's another thing to consider, just like Ezekiel Elliott, if they're going to get up big in a game, which is definitely possible, they're a high-quality team. Uh, You're going to see Alexander Madison, another high-quality running back behind Dalvin Cook. You're going to see him get a lot of carries. So another thing thing to consider is game script with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he is at five on our 80 consensus rankings here. But in my opinion, this is probably one of the riskier picks that you would take in the first round only because of injury history. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you're still probably taking him at five if he's available, unless you're the taking Michael Thomas. Too it's too yeah. good. Yeah, but just make sure to draft the backup. Make sure to draft Madison just in case anything would happen. But Dalvin Cook, this is a Vikings team that it, their offense revolves around the run game, getting Dalvin Cook going. Of course, Adam Thielen may have some fantasy value and is going to input on offensive side, but Dalvin cook is their main focus here. So I would not be afraid to take him in the first round. Just make sure you need to lock up that handcuff just in case anything does happen with him.
0: Completely agree there. Um, so with that being said, let's move to our consensus number six pick. So we had a slight difference here. Um, but our consensus number six pick is Clyde Edwards, Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. We're having a rookie running back as our number six running back. It's insane to think about, but the talent is there. The situation is there. Andrew, uh, down Clyde for us.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to think about this. The majority of the time when you're drafting a rookie running back in terms of fantasy, most of them actually hit and do really well. Last year, Josh Jacobs, if you are able to draft Josh Jacobs, I mean, look at the reward that you got there. Saquon Barkley's rookie year, look at that reward. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, most of the time when you get a high first-round rookie running back like that, they do really well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is instantly going into one of the best offensive situations possible. Damian Williams opted out. There isn't much more that you can ask for from him, Um it would have been nice to have maybe some preseason games to just see that he can get out there and play, get some reps in the fact that there isn't a preseason is a little bit worrisome, which is why I actually have him down at seven, but you just need to be aware that week one, week two, he might not instantly be the focal point of the offense because they're going to go to the people that they rely on. Like Travis Kelsey, Tyree kill me. Honestly, maybe Sammy Watkins might even have a good game week one, but, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is very, very high upside. He could easily finish as the RB1 or 2 and compete with those top guys. Uh, You just need to be aware that he might not be involved right off the start.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest things with Clyde when he was in college at LSU, the reason he was a number 32 pick was his versatility. Uh, Andy Reid compared him to Brian Westbrook, and he said on tape he's more talented than Brian Westbrook coming out of college. So that's some high praise there. Patrick Mahomes is pleading Andy Reid to take him in the draft, and he they got a heck of a player. In his last year at LSU, he had 1,414 yards, which is 6.6 yards per carry, and he had 16 rushing touchdowns. He also had 55 receptions for 453 yards through the air. So that's a heck of a year Especially in college at that point, uh, at, a, at a powerhouse uh, university, they're playing very good competition there. So he, he's not like a Northwestern or like a small college like a Carson Wentz like a North Dakota State. He's not dominating those like lesser opponents. He's, he's facing those elite colleges and those elite defenses as well. So that's something to not take with a grain of salt. Uh, the explosiveness is there. and. They they say his biggest ability is his ability to escape tackles. He's not the fastest guy. Uh 40-wise, I think he ran a four uh, four six of the combine, which it's not slow, but it's not that game-breaking speed like you see from like a Saquon Barkley or a Christian McCaffrey. But you're gonna get a, a lot of like highly effective carries out of him. He's gonna get those big chunk yards uh out of it. And he's gonna I think he's gonna get a heavy workload there with Damian Williams opting out and not a clear number two guy behind him you have like a darwin thompson uh darryl williams just to name two there uh so not i'm not really afraid of the competition behind clyde so i would look for him to really get a stranglehold at that job uh probably by week four week five he's the clear cut uh number one
1: now we have him ranked as our sixth running back what pick are you comfortable with actually taking him because i would not take him at pick six personally i would rather have um any of those top five running backs or michael thomas so are you instantly taking him at seven or is there another running back that you would rather take that's safer because it's important to note while we have this guy ranked at six that doesn't necessarily mean that's where you want to take him based on draft position and are you willing to take that risk say you come to pick seven are you instantly taking him over any other remaining running back
0: so, yeah, if we do get the pick seven there and like six guys come off the board in front of him, six running backs, I would if he's the top running back there, yeah, I would absolutely take him over Derrick uh, Henry. Uh, it, it depends on the format. If we're on a PPR half point or full point. Yes, I would go Clyde over Derrick Henry. If we're in a standard then Derrick Henry.
1: OK, I yeah. Half point would make me think between Henry and Hilaire. Um, I would at least consider it. But yeah, most of the time, that's who you're going to be taking here. Uh, but let's move on to our seventh overall ranked running back. This is someone who uh, one of the common themes here with these top running backs that you'll see us mention is even though we might differ on the rankings here and there, almost all of these guys can finish in the top three at their position. If they have a good year, especially this next guy, he is super high upside on a pretty solid offense, or at least what should be a good offense this year. And that's Kenyon Drake of the Arizona Cardinals. Kenyon Drake is finally getting the opportunity to show off his talent. And this year, he's on an offense with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. So this offense should be explosive. It should be explosive. We saw flashes of Drake last year. Uh, Justin, do you expect Drake to come out on fire right at the gate? How are you feeling about him?
0: So I absolutely love Drake. Kenyon Drake this year. Like you said, he finally has the opportunity to really show, like showcase his talents, and Coach Cliff Kingsburg, he's used him absolutely perfectly. Uh, while in Miami, he averaged about 9.9 fantasy points per game, and that number... Basically doubled at this point. He averaged 19.9 points for the Arizona Cardinals uh, after Week Nine when he got there. Uh, he had 74 catches last year, and that's a very good number for fantasy. And Cliff Kingsbury, he had a nice quote. He wants to increase that number, and his quote is, "Any way we can get him the ball in space is what we're going to try to do. He's hard to tackle one on one in space, so that's an area we'd like to get him involved more. Uh, so the just." that quote, it really just instills confidence that they're going to do everything they can to get Kenyon Drake the ball. Um, they're really going to get him the ball and in, in basically uh, as like a check down or handing him the ball, like running to the tackles. He's competent in both areas. So that's, that, that's a big thing to consider. Uh, but, Oh, he, he's just kind of like that receiving back. He's like a Darren Sproles. No, that's not the case. Uh, he was very effective um, through the tackles, bouncing outside in the screen game, running routes. So he's a, He's a Swiss army knife at that point. He can do everything you ask him to do, which really like bonafides his fantasy value. I think you could see him in between like 80 to 90 catches with probably over 100 tar- uh, targets overall this season. So uh, very, very high upside with Kenyon Drake.
1: Yeah, and the only argument against Drake would be that maybe the Cardinals offense doesn't get off to the fastest start, considering Hopkins doesn't really have that chemistry with Kyler Murray yet. So maybe it's possible that the Cardinals need a few games. I mean, we saw how the Browns were when Baker Mayfield had Odell. It just didn't work out right away. And Kyler and Hopkins could suffer that same fate, but hopefully not. Kenyon Drake will still be on the field, should be involved. Um, you may see Chase Edmonds come in, take a few snaps away here and there, but Drake should be one of the main focus points of that offense.
0: Yeah, if you do draft Kenyon Drake, I'm a big proponent of uh, getting that handcuff of Chase Edmonds because we saw last year Chase Edmonds was he was a stud while like when he finally like got the starting job there. So one thing to consider for sure, uh, if you need like a handcuff, if you're like
1: looking to drop the handcuff, definitely consider Chase Edmonds. And we can move into our eighth-ranked running back now. And this our consensus eight is Miles Sanders. I have him ranked at six. Justin has him ranked at nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake as two very similar players, except for the fact that Miles Sanders is on a much worse offense with less weapons. Uh, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, but they're only – weapons right now on offense are zach ertz if you want to call dallas goddard a weapon i guess you can
0: he absolutely is a weapon
1: (laughs) miles yeah but i'm saying compared to hopkins and christian kirk and it's really miles sanders zach ertz and i guess jackson still i mean d is there but when you're talking about just getting receptions d isn't ever he's catch some deep balls but i think the the big thing with him on the
0: field he he's great when it comes to spacing so that's really gonna help open things up for miles like underneath so so that's one (laughs) that's the big thing and they do have plenty of speed guys that just they just added to the roster so you really need to take that into consideration as well so i think it like all these additions do help miles sanders in the long run
1: yeah i mean that one of the reasons why i have sanders ranked at six is because of the fact of all the wide receiver injuries that are happening right now with the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey, I think Arsega Whiteside was out of practice right the other day. Um, he was. Uh, he he came back and uh, he had a
0: couple drops the other day. Yeah, so so I mean I
1: can... they have Jalen Rager, which is fine. Um, Jalen Rager could easily be good this year, but I would just like a piece of the offense that I think is going to be really consistent and. We know he's going to get a bunch of volume. Deuce Staley's been hyping him up. Peterson said he's the guy. So um, the injury does kind of uh, annoy me in the fact that he did get injured, even though it might be minor, and that's what we're hearing. And but still, just I guess monitor that. Uh, now, if you would be drafting personally, Justin, would you be would you rather have a guy like Miles Sanders, even though with the injury problem, or Joe Mixon, that you could probably get a little bit later in the first?
0: See, I would still go Miles Sanders there. Like, I'm taking this injury, quote unquote injury, with a grain of salt. Like, all reports from, like, inside sources, like, they're literally showing Miles Sanders dancing on the sideline with his teammates after a quote unquote injury happened. I think it's all precautionary. He probably twisted his ankle or, or something, and, like, they didn't want to risk it with him because obviously he is a, fan- a foundational piece for this offense. Uh, he's what's really going to make this offense, like, tick uh this season so you're really not going to risk it with him so better like they're basically saying like better be safe than sorry with miles and they want him ready for week one
1: yeah and i mean honestly if he does get hurt what (laughs) there's no i don't think there's much of a point in drafting a handcuff there i mean if you get miles sanders i guess you can try and draft boston scott or but they probably just sign a guy like devonta freeman at that point then
0: Exactly. So yeah, I think Boston Scott is like a whole separate entity. Uh, He's kind of like that Darren Sproles role. He's going to get his role no matter what. Uh, I don't really see that changing. Uh, If there is quote unquote a Miles Sanders injury, um, I'm not going to like. I I think I would absolutely agree with you. Uh, They're going to go out and they're going to sign someone, whether it's like a Devonta Freeman or someone else off the market. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I don't see like Boston Scott really seeing that increase like carries. Yep. Agreed.
1: Agreed. And let's move into our consensus nine now. Um, Yeah, we have Derek Henry here. If you're listening, you might be surprised because of how good he was last year. But it's important to keep in mind that our rankings are PPR based. uh, And Derek Henry is the least, in my opinion, he's the least likely to get receptions on this list. Uh, Do you agree with that, Justin? He's not much of a receiving back. I
0: absolutely agree with that. He is probably one of the further things from a receiving back in this league. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Um, so Derrick Henry, obviously he's very safe standard. He's at the top of the list. He's going to get you those touchdowns as long as the Titans can move the ball with A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry's going to be on the field a lot of the time. I'm guessing they still have Deion Lewis there, do they not? They do, yes. Yeah, but he is past his prime. He's, he's pretty much done. He was barely used last year. So uh, Derrick Henry, he's a very safe pick. Uh, that is one thing I will say. However, I think his ceiling is capped in PPR.
0: I uh, completely agree there. Uh, but Derrick Henry, I don't, think, I don't even think he needs the reception at this point. Just, I'm just gonna look at the playoffs here. So in his three playoff games last year, he had 83 carries for 446 yards, and I did the math, people. That was 148 yards per game, which is outrageous. Uh, so he's a one-man wrecking crew. And he's, he's an absolute freight train of a man. Four of his final six regular season games. Uh, he finished with over 23 fantasy points. So he was able to carry your fantasy roster down the stretch. So that's a big thing you look for come championship, like basically championship season. And he probably won a lot of people championships this year.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking for a safe pick in the middle of the rounds after, say, Dalvin's off the board, I'm – I would not be too mad if you chose Derrick Henry over guys like Clyde ebrut Kenyon Drake, and Miles Sanders, only because of the fact you know what Derrick Henry is going to be this year because he's so safe. I think that's fine if you do decide to pick that way. Uh, Mm. Just understand that you're not going to get that crazy high PPR upside that the other picks can offer you.
0: Yeah, like you said, it comes into what you're looking for in that pick. If you want that security, like, I, yep, I know I'm gonna get like my 15 points. Uh, I, I want that heavy workload, like on the ground. Sure, you go with Derrick Henry there. You establish your foundation with him. You know what you're gonna get, uh, but you're probably not gonna finish with that upside of that number one guy, like that top three guy, with which is basically what all these other guys we mentioned have that upside to do.
1: And then our last running back here at number 10. We both have Joe Mixon there. Uh, Joe Mixon is just a guy that he's on an offense where he is one of the core focal points. That could easily change this year because there's a lot of new variables with Joe Burrow coming in and AJ Green is apparently back, but he's dealing with an injury. Uh, however, Joe Joe Mixon is the main core steady point of that offense that isn't changing, along with Tyler Boyd. And I do not see. A scenario in which joe mixon does not have at least a decent year because even when they're doing poorly joe mixon stays in the game and he still plays his heart out so automatically i would be comfortable with joe mixon as an rb1 uh granted i don't i I still don't think his upside is very high just because of the Bengals' offense unless they really do take the step up with joe burrow this year uh I would much rather have a guy like Kenyon Drake. I think their offense is going to be better, but Joe Mixon is still on a decent offense, what hopes to be a decent offense, with a lot of opportunity.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, last year was a tale of two seasons for um, for Joe Mixon there. Uh, so he struggled mightily in the first half of the year, which we all know at this point. For the first eight weeks, he finished below 10 fantasy points. Then we fast forward to the last five games where he averaged 20.6 fantasy points per game and he really establishes himself as that bell cow running back as they really phased out uh, Giovanni Bernard at that point so I think it came down to that comfort level in Zach Taylor's offense and Zach Taylor really like finding the confidence to establish Mixon as that bell cow and uh, there was actually a recent quote from Zach Taylor that really caught my eye Uh, so On Joe Mixon, he said, he gets better as he gets more carries. As the season went along, we got better getting him more touches. He's been very effective as far as just pure touches, carries and catches. The more Joe touches the ball, the better it is for our offense, without a doubt. So that really just shows that they're going to get him more and more involved as the season goes on. And I think they're going to establish it week one. So I have all the confidence in the world that Joe Mixon will be that RB1 guy for you throughout the entire season.
1: Yeah, and honestly, all these 10 picks that we've listed so far, uh, I would be comfortable with any of these guys as my RB1 in a league. Uh, if And the funny thing is, is depending on where you're drafting, I would say after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, you probably won't get Derrick Henry as an RB2, but you can get guys like Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, and Joe Mixon as an RB2. And we have them projected to finish in the top 10. So... Uh, you could get a stacked team of running backs here based on where you're drafting. And so if you're in those later picks, just in 10 to 12, are you doubling up on running backs here? Or are you willing to take a running back wide receiver combo? How are you feeling there?
0: If I'm in the back half of the first round, I'm 100% looking to stack running backs. Uh, I think the wide receiver depth, its I think it's very solid this year. So I have no doubts that if you wait if you go running back, running back, rounds three and four, you can get two high-quality receivers. You can get, like, uh, for example, let me, like, think here. You can get um,
1: Robert Woods and Tyler Lockett.
0: Yeah, exactly. Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, like, a Cooper Cup. Um, somehow, if, like, I know Kenny Galladay probably won't slide back. A.J.
1: Brown, Cortland Sutton.
0: Yeah, those, like, tier guys, like, DJ Chark, or Calvin Ridley,
1: maybe Juju out.
0: Smith-Schuster, like, Keenan Allen, especially like there, there's a lot of sleepers or not even sleepers at this point, just high quality wide receivers you can get rounds three and round four, and the running back tiers it's it's pretty thin after probably the top fifteen or so. Uh, so if you were able to get two like high quality running backs, definitely do that if you have the opportunity. Don't pass that up because uh, the wide receivers there's plenty. Like, you, like there's plenty of options options to go there, and yep. the running backs of high quality they're few and far between. So definitely stack up when you have the opportunity.
1: Yeah, and just some honorable mentions here as we uh, come to the end of our top ten. Uh, let me quick recap before getting the in our honorable mentions. So one we had Christian McCaffrey, two Saquon Barkley, three Ezekiel Elliott, four Alvin Kamara, five Dalvin Cook, six Clyde Edwards-Helaire, seven Kenyon Drake, eight Miles Sanders. 9, Derrick Henry, and 10, Joe Mixon. Uh, Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to uh, speak about or at least mention that could jump into that top 10 running back ranks uh, that we did not mention today?
0: Yeah, so one guy I really was debating about putting at number 10 was Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. So Jacobs, we saw him, he dominated like almost all season last year, and that was with a shoulder injury. He's back, he's healthy. John Gruden loves him. He John Gruden, we know, loves to run the football, and they're going to give The Rock a ton to Josh Jacobs uh, this year. So definitely consider him. If you have that back-end first-round pick, definitely look for him uh, either late, late first round or early second round.
1: I completely agree. That was the guy that I was actually thinking about that I would have mentioned as well. Uh, I will throw Austin Eckler in there, and that is just mainly because in a full-point PPR He's not going to get as many receptions as he got last year, but he could still easily have a really good year. I don't think Justin Jackson is going to take that many touches away from him. Uh, He's still going to be a focal point of the offense. Granted, it is a bit sad that the quarterback is Tyrod Taylor, and he's going to run the ball and take away some of those. Like, in situations where he might just check down Austin Eckler, Tyrod might just choose to run the ball and just try and escape out of the pocket. So, uh eckler's ceiling might not be as high as last year but i think he is still valuable in ppr
0: absolutely like worst case scenario he's a very high-end rb2 for your roster so like where you're going to get him probably early to mid second round i think it's a exceptional
1: value sure yep but uh that concludes it for our top 10 running backs uh what do we have to get into next justin just uh touch on a few things
0: Yeah. So, uh, our next episode, which will be coming out next week, uh, it will be breaking down the top 10 wide receivers. So make sure you check in for that. Um, especially as we just mentioned going like running back, running back, you need to see, you're going to get rounds three and round four at this point. Uh, so, uh, we also are going to follow up that week with a mock draft episode and we're going to break down our fantasy draft as well to kind of give you the inside scoop, uh, what we're doing in our league. So if, your draft is coming up after that. You can like, take our notes and apply what we did right and what we did wrong and get the best draft for yourself. Um, and make sure you follow us on social media at uh, the FF Phenoms on Twitter. You can follow myself at Justin Herforth, and you can follow Andrew at AC. Do you have anything to mention,
1: Andrew? Uh, good luck in your drafts if you guys are drafting early. Uh, our draft is the 30th. So it'll be in about 10 days from now. But if you guys are drafting early this weekend after hearing this, good luck. If you guys have any questions regarding your draft, you can text, you can tweet them at us <laughs> during your draft, a minute before, whatever. Uh, ask us on our Twitter. We'll respond to you right away. Just let us know. Uh, we're excited to interact with you guys. And thank you guys for listening this week. Um, but we will catch you guys later. Top 10 wide receivers. Thanks for listening. Later.